Tickets? Check. Popcorn and beverage? Check. It's showtime. Local talk that's moving the needle. From the iHub Radio Screening Room, this is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Um, whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a great whenever. It's Flicks and Picks, and it's the Oscar episode. It's going to be a fun episode. I brought my best friend Misty along. Say hi, Misty. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun episode. So for this specific episode, we're not going to really talk about all the Oscar nominations because... Who has time, you know? Who has time to see all these movies? But um, I guess I do. But the thing would exactly. be, <laughs> but the thing would be, we'll talk about best picture because me and Misty both saw best picture together. The best picture winners each. All of them. All of them. <laughs> this is also her debut on the radio, by the way. Have you ever done radio before? I've never done radio before. <laughs> and but she has, but she is, but one of the funnest things about that would be that that. That it's, you're going to be... That you can lord your superior knowledge over me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's certainly a case where it's it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a fun experience just to see how things happen. It's going to be unexpected. Okay. An unexpected journey on the radio. But on this show, we're just going to talk about like the best picture winners. And then we're going to talk about hypothetical like preference races, I guess, like, you know... Like, who would we prefer over these two candidates? Because I know you've seen all the Best Picture winners and one movie outside of that, and a couple of the other movies. Yeah. So <laughs> let's get started. Oh, this is. Get well, that roller coaster going. True, true. But let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get started because we got, we got about an hour. So let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> you make um, it sound so enticing. Oh yes. I was going to say the Academy Awards are also this Sunday are also this Sunday at, on ABC and they're going to be around like 3 or 4 honestly like the the show times are just so confusing cuz it's like it starts at 4 but really it starts at 5. Yeah, that's how it is, you know. But okay, so then where are we going to be? We're going to be at the Mary Pickford Theater doing the, we're going to be there. We're just going to me and you are just going to sit and enjoy these old doors and it's $50 to part to go. But you have, and it goes through charity, it goes to a children's hospital, which is great because if you really want to get into charity, hey, that's something, you know, that is something to really like think about just for fun, you know. And it's also one of those things where you get hors d'oeuvres passed around and good drinks. Good snacks, a good show, good all drinks. for a good cause. <laughs> and also because you get to see other people's reactions too. It isn't like, you know, it's not like if I'm at home. It, it's not. It, it's much funner seeing people react to the academy, in getting it, personally invested. Invested. No, you're right. Even if you haven't <laughs> seen all the movies, it's just fun because she has witnessed some meltdowns. Yes. <laughs> but here's the first movie nominated for best picture: Ford v Ferrari, Peter Chernin, Jenna uh, Topping, and James uh, Mongold producers. So, I would say. These are the three questions we should ask ourselves. Is this Oscar worthy? Would you watch it again? And it and um do you think it's gonna win? So I guess we'll start with you. What what'd you okay, think about start with me? <laughs> what'd you think of Ford Ferrari? I actually liked it. <laughs> uh which was surprising because 
you kind of gave it a, eh, like I wasn't going to like it. But, uh, so the three questions, do I think it's Oscar worthy? Not really. Would I watch it again? Absolutely. And what's my third one? Uh, do you think it's going to win? No, it's not going to win. No, I don't think it's going to win either. I think it's a case where um, I think the I think the film is, is a it's really great. I actually really did rewatch it recently, and I think I did give it sort of a beat down because I was a little bitter about other movies not being nominated. But I don't think it's the movie I would take off the list. So you always get personally invested. Yeah, and. <laughs> And this was one you did not care about at all. And I really loved it. I thought the friendship was really wonderful. I, I, I cared a lot about like these characters. Like I cared two. about them too. And the, the best part of this is that they were all real people. Yeah. And that's really the best part about it is that I learned more about those people than I ever did. You know, I, I never, I didn't know who like, um, I'm trying to remember what the, the race car driver, the one played by Christian Bale, uh, not Shelby. No, not Shelby. That was Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I'm all like, we got to look up at our phones, but (laughs) I'm trying to, I know that. You mean his name? Christian Bale. Ken Miles. Ken Miles. Oh, yeah. Like the Ken Miles character. I felt so bad for him because, by the way, this is going to be. Because he got robbed. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) He got, spoilers for this whole movie, for every movie here. So. So if you haven't seen it. You know, you had weeks. (laughs) True story. True weeks. And. And he was robbed at the end of the movie, and that would upset me a lot, too, was that it was true. Like, in real life, it upsets you for the real-life person because you're thinking, geez, this person had an opportunity to, like, succeed, and ha- but it's all because of a narrative that a corporation wanted. He got robbed. And th- there was another part that they left out of the movie that happened in real life that I can tell you. What? They were also suspicious of the other team changing their brakes. Oh, because how how our team made that little thing where the whole brakes would go in all in one piece. They accidentally gave it to the other car that came in before him. So he did not actually get the brakes he was supposed to get. And so they were always suspicious that that was a setup thing in real life, not in the movie. They didn't they didn't they left that part out of the movie, but that did happen in real life. You know, I didn't know that. That's it's always fun to talk to you. Cause <laughs> See, it's a... I know because I'm an old car girl. <laughs> I have a Mustang. I have a 1967 Mustang. I'm all about the Mustangs. <laughs> and I think one of the things about that movie is that it's not only for car aficionados, but it's for like everybody. And it's 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 one of those things where you just want to learn about cars because of that, because it, they go into like the mechanics about how car racing is really dangerous. Like other movies. They kind of make it look like... They just kind of gloss over it. Gloss over it. But this one was like, this is dangerous, you know? Like, people could actually die. And also the fact that there's politics, you know? Like, how, like, there's politics in everything. Like, right. even, let's be honest, like, even the Oscar race has politics in it, too. But, you know, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> it does, but that's real life. That's real life. And it's one... And it's fun to, like... It's kind of like the Super Bowl of movies. It's, like, the closest thing we got. So, I mean, we got to have fun with it. But... With the race car thing, I just never thought of it as being something that could be made political. Because how can you really change it? Like you know, you just drive fast. But right. But now I think. But now of, you see. I really do, and that is, and it pissed me off that he, that he was robbed at the end. It, it was one of those things where I felt like he deserved it. So, to answer my three questions, yes, it should be nominated. To it, I think. 
it has well i think it has no chance of winning and i would watch it again i will watch it again with my dad and my mom in in spanish like i usually do like you usually do yeah <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like it's gonna be a f it's it's one of those movies where probably gonna pr probably it's gonna age really well it's definitely one of those movies that i like to call the bros being bros movie <laughs> right <laughs> and you just the friendship was the basis of the, the movie. movie and i i loved it so i would say I, I how many stars would you give it like if you could give it out of four out of four yeah three and a half three and a half what would be one thing you would say was like the one thing that would prevent it from a four? Ooh. <laughs> let me think <laughs> i don't know matt damon could have been a little better that's sorry what was, matt that's what i was gonna say like everyone's all talking about <laughs> oscar buzz for matt damon i'm like Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Not I don't... A, not, I'm not a big Christian Bale fan, but he was much better. Oh yeah, and his accent totally threw me off when I saw that. I was like, "What an accent!" I thought it was Australian, but it turned out to be British. I'm like, "Huh? I guess Australian and British accents are just so similar to me." I guess. Right. I guess I'm the problem. You're the problem, Brian. <laughs> so our next movie is gonna be The Irishman. Before we cut to break, but like, we still have a couple minutes before then, so. What do you think about the Irishman? Oh, and Mars Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Jane Rosenthal, Emma Tillinger, Kaskoff producers, because you know that's traditional. What do you think about the Irishman? I think the Irishman was a little bit long. <laughs> <laughs> I love me a good mob movie, but it was a little bit long. But, I, but the the part that that I did like was that I got to hear some more backstory about Jimmy Hoffa. Everybody knows Jimmy Hoffa's name, but you don't really know anything about him. So I appreciate the backstory on Jimmy. I I, agree, I honestly agree with that too because like I was not sure about who Jimmy Hoffa really was like when I before I watched the movie like I knew who he was I knew his name, but when I finally saw the movie I finally understood like okay so I get why he was in jail because all I knew was that he was the president of the teamsters and i thought why would the president of teamsters be notoriously like a well and you get to see that he had a little more charisma oh yeah you don't think about that all you think about him is he's a thug yeah like jimmy hoffa is such a name that people throw out like oh you're such a jimmy hoffa like you know he's right. a jimmy hoffa and it's actually pretty crazy how thing how it kind of plays out you know what i mean although i was kind of worried for a minute that he was going to be a pedophile because he was really attached to the frank sharon's daughter <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But thank God it didn't go that way. <laughs> and it's one of those things where uh, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of have to like, you you kind of have to like forgive certain weird things in that movie. Like, for example, Anna Paquin never talking. Yeah. I was like, so. Nothing to say. <laughs> you have nothing to say, Anna Paquin. You, this is like the third movie I saw you in. <laughs> When are you going to talk, <laughs> Anna Paquin? I'm upset that you're not talking to me. But not me, personally. Not you, personally? No. No, Give her your her. number. Maybe yeah. she'll talk to you. I don't yeah, know. True. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, God. But I like what's a, I like Anna Paquin as an actress. I really do. So for me, it's like one of those things where um, that a lot of people had controversy felt like that movie stole it kind of didn't give its female characters enough like but again it's a bros being bros movie yeah it really is it's like, all about the mob the women are all secondary rob de niro al pacino and joe pesci that is really just their movie exactly. anna paquin's like hi everybody like i'm here too <laughs> no actually she's more of like 
Like, so, and she says her one line, like, so what happened? And I'm like, did I end up happen just talk? <laughs> but I guess to answer the three questions, did do do you think it deserved to get nominated? Not really. I would say maybe better movies should have been nominated instead, like Knives Out, which we should see together. Yes, we and should. I'm still waiting. I have tickets. <laughs> and um, The Farewell, which is good too. But I honestly felt like it was definitely one of those movies that maybe better there has to have been better movies this year you know what i mean right and i mean it, of course it's gonna get nominated because it has all the big names in it no you're you right you want a mob movie it's got de niro it's got pacino and pesci so True. of course you're gonna get nominated no matter how good or not good the movie is that is true and then did will you, it win no 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 i don't think so do you think it's going do you, would you watch it again only if i watch it with my daughter because she's obsessed with the mob other than that not really no, me neither. Um, I think I'll probably rewatch it in a couple years. Like, you know, when you think about like, like, you know, sometimes you're like, I haven't seen that movie in a while. So let me see if it's still aged well. But it's, I would still give it four stars. It just, it just takes forever to watch, you know? It does. Well, you're listening to me and to Brian Mendoza and Misty here on Flicks and Picks on iHub Radio. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about the Oscar Best Picture nominees, and then we're going to talk about Best Actress, Best Actor, and then we might have a book club selections for you. Stay tuned. Live from the Coachella Valley. He calls it as he sees it. This is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza on iHub Radio. Oh, I still think that's, he calls it as he sees it. I, you know, not to disparage that, but I love, it's such a. I, I loved it, it when I heard it. <laughs> it's so cheesy, you know, every time I listen to it, like I'm going to be honest, it's like among the cheesiest things about, uh, about my show. But you know what? I guess I do call it because I do see it. <laughs> as you. If you weren't, I was gonna say sometimes Misty and I, when we talk, she kind of gives me these faces like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm giving him a face right now, rolling my eyes to the ceiling." It's it's such an endearing thing, and we met at um, not to say what my my day job when she used to work there. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you want to know? Like, what do you like? Like in general, what are your interests? I like reading. What? We met well, at a bookstore. Oh yes. I like fast cars. <laughs> True crime. True crime. I'm obsessed with true crime. Like of all these movies, if there was a killing and slashing one, I'm there for it. <laughs> like if there was one about, probably I was surprised that the Irishman wasn't one of was one of your preferred. I guess it would disappoint you more because it it is true crime. But it just, is true crime, but it it just wasn't. It was just fun. too long. No, you're right. No, you're right about that. If they would have carved it down, it would have been the best. <laughs> But yeah, but, I listen to all the podcasts, watch all the documentaries. I'm all about true crime. That's my obsession right now. <laughs> we got to do a true crime podcast at some Let's point. Let's do it. Let's do it. Spinoff. The Misty and Brian show. True crime. True crime. <laughs> Imagine this is just a pilot for a spinoff. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> but okay, so the next movie was, oh, uh, I guess, right, uh, how many stars would you give The Irishman? I would give it three. You know, I, the I, acting was all really good, but it was just so long, so much of it. Th that is true because, like, and you do feel it. Like, that's the difference between like. 
like the other movies is that you can feel the length. Right. I've watched three and four hour movies before where they just zip right by, but this one was just kind of like dragging. We, like when we went to go see Gone with the Wind together, it almost felt like, wait a minute, it really is over? Right. Because it goes by really fast. And then I saw La Duce Vida yesterday and it's like, that goes by really fast too. Like I was sitting there and I was like, oh, it is the end. Huh. Huh. <laughs> But Irishman, you feel it. I wouldn't it. know. I wasn't invited to that one. <laughs> that was a date, you know. <laughs> and that's going to probably yeah. age pretty badly or well, seeing how oh things well. go. Things how, we'll see. see. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Not sure about telling my audience, but I'll yeah, tell you gonna about say, it. Yeah, I was going to say, does everybody want to know? <laughs> Stand by. Stand by. Cliffhanger. But I was going to say, um, the next film is Jojo Rabbit. Oh, my God. My favorite of all. <laughs> of all the nine movies that I saw, it's my favorite. You know what? This was the movie that was cheated out of the most Oscars this year. Like, it really got cheated. No nomination for director. No nomination for, like, any of the acting. The little boy is so good The in little it. boy is so good. And you know who didn't get nominated? Scarlett Johansson did get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but the little girl who's in it should have been nominated. I, I felt that she was really good as the Jewish girl. Right. And at, I was going to say, what do you like about Jojo Rabbit? Because I know that was the one you... Everything. <laughs> I, I was I was skeptical about seeing it because of course I was like most of the listening audience where it's like oh is the Holocaust funny <laughs> no and then I got in there and I was laughing 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 and you feel bad about laughing <laughs> but it it also made it where like they made fun of Hitler they made him a caricature so that's good no you I mean we're laughing at the Holocaust but we're not and it you know takes away some of Hitler's power to be able to laugh at him. No, you're right about that. And for me, one of the things about the one of the things about this particular movie was that it really was a powerful movie about like overcoming hatred. Because a little because if for those who don't know, Jojo Rabbit's about a little Nazi youth who basically finds out that his mother has a little Jewish girl in her in his house. And you would think that because the movie has a hit his imaginary friend being Hitler that you would think it'd be like would be a little inappropriate but then you realize that it's about how these people stop looking at like people like racist figures as inspiration and overcoming that you know like and it is very relevant to today this isn't a politics show of course but it is relevant that a lot of people you know they worship certain people the wrong people and so for this movie tells you it's okay to to eventually outgrow that, that you could eventually be a better person. And I think that's really powerful to me. It was. And also makes you, made me laugh so much. Me too. Until about the hour and 20 mark when it brings it right back home to you that this is the Holocaust. When when they did, when they showed the mother hanging Well, don't, out. spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert for this movie. When they showed the mother, that the mother had been caught and was killed, it was like, Everyone in the audience just collectively pin dropped. I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. And the audience we went to, <laughs> you could tell they were laughing and having a good time. And then the last half hour is like quiet. No, no laughing. Except maybe the part where like Hitler gets kicked out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> that was your favorite part. Oh, yes. Like that part right there. It's like, if only that was something we could do. But I was going to say, is it Oscar worthy? In my opinion, yes, but can it win? No, because too many people are uncomfortable about it, I think. 
I think so too. And also because it only got like a couple nominations, like two or three. So I was like, oh. But yeah, the little boy's acting was excellent. He actually should win. No, I I think he, I, I think he should have, like if they put him in a category, they would probably put him best supporting. But how many stars would you give Jojo Rabbit? Four, four out of four. No, me too. I was going to say four star movies. <laughs> four out of four. Four out of four. <laughs> if you're but, only going to see one, see that one. No, I, I agree. I agree. I was going to say, I would say watch the other ones too, but Jojo Rabbit is one of the ones that was number three on my list for the best movies of the year. But stick around. You're still listening to Brian and Misty on this special Oscar episode here at Flicks and Picks. Stay tuned. Radio, reinventing talk radio in the Coachella Valley, homemade for the rest of us. From the iHub Radio screening room, this is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. Okay, let's get this out of the way about Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, I wanted to say one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. I wanted to talk about the accents in the movie. I mean, I have an accent. I know I have an accent. You have an accent. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But our accents are who we are. In this yeah. movie, everybody's supposed to be German. <laughs> JoJo's little friend, clearly not German, not even pretending to be German. <laughs> it's only about half the people have German accents, and the rest of them are just whatever they are. Like British and all that. It's like it's interesting because when I saw that move, when I saw this movie, I was like, I love how they didn't even bother to make any many of these actors like German. Exactly. And the well, and the, the really funny part, it was a really funny line when Hitler is getting on to the kid and they're making him say something over and over and over. And he's like, do you even speak German? <laughs> and clearly neither one of them is speaking German. <laughs> it's the little things like that that make you so happy when that movie exists because it's like, damn. But it's part of the fun, you know. It's kind of like when you watch Star Wars and you're like, yeah, Carrie Fisher's accent kind of goes away sometimes, but it's part of the fun, you know. What's the next movie is Joker, Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, and Bradley Cooper and Emma Tilliger Kaskakov. Bradley Cooper, the actor. Yeah, he did Joker. I did not know that. He, uh, wow, that's I did pretty, not know. That. I was gonna say something. So, what did you think of Joker? Uh, I love the Joker. I did too. And it's actually my pick for the win. So, like, if you were to pick one to win, it'd be Joker? Yeah, Joker for the overall movie and Joaquin Phoenix for the actor. I know, I agree, I agree. That movie, if it wasn't for Joaquin Phoenix, wouldn't be as good as it, as it, as it really is. Like, it's just so, I think it's really amazing, and I think it, it's beautiful to look at. It's a beautiful movie to watch, and the music in it is really great. But what did you like about it? I liked about it because it made me cry. <laughs> I was sad for him the whole time. It's the it's the whole culture now of uh, see something, say something. And every time the people would attack him, somebody should have stood up for him. I agree. It's definitely a, a really strong cautionary tale about like how how we kind of ignore certain people and that we don't pay attention to who they are. And I think we really should pay attention. It is true. Like if you see someone getting bullied on the street and you don't do anything about it, you're just as you're, you're just an, as bad as them. Yeah, you're an enabler, you know, like, because the thing is, like, in this case, the Joker being a victim, you know, initially I always thought, I, I, I don't think the Joker in this movie is supposed to be someone we root for, but 
I think if he had more compassion, perhaps he wouldn't have gone down the way he did. If anything, it would have not been as bad. Like the movie never pretends that he's going to like, he, he's that he's a good person. But if he was shown a little bit more compassion and was gotten the health care that he needed, then maybe he would have still done something bad, but just not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he might have been a totally different person if he would have got mental health care. That, that's true. And that movie also show, tells you like how people don't really care in the uh, how people just don't care a lot and even in professions like like I've met doctors and nurses that just honestly don't care about their patients <laughs> and it's crazy you know you're like what uh, right that's why you went into that profession and I was and I was gonna say like you would give Joker four stars right I would give Joker four stars it's definitely my pick for the win <laughs> so I guess that answer is yes it's Oscar worthy yes. and you will watch it again for I would sure. watch it again <laughs> and you watch what you do, your daughter th- watched it right yeah and because all the boys in the house went to see it without her already. <laughs> ah. but so everybody's seen it. And what did your daughter think? She liked it. Oh, I thought so. everybody, my mom and dad loved it too. They didn't actually knew, they, when they saw it, they're like, my dad's like, oh, wait, Batman's son in this movie. I'm like, yes, he is. There's a little boy, Bruce Wayne. He's like, see, Brian, you're so smart. You're so smart, You're so Brian. smart, Brian. You knew that. I'm like, dad, but that's pretty common you're knowledge. Kind. You're good. <laughs> As Jerry Francisco says at the end of the show, do be kind to someone you don't know. <laughs> be kind to someone else. But overall, that like, yeah, we have a we can talk about Joker for like we a can while. talk about it all day. Let's talk about that one scene on the bus. Oh, but on the bus, oh the when he's making the little kid laugh, and the mother starts <sighs> jumping on him right away. Stay away from my kid, blah blah blah. And I'm like, B, why don't you turn your little kid around? <laughs> it's like. When you, when I saw that scene, I was so sad because he, he that was, was just trying to make the kid laugh. And that was one of the few times where he was a gen, where I felt that he was genuinely trying to be kind. Exactly. And other times, like you know, his girlfriend, like that wasn't genuine kindness. That was honestly creepy, you know. Right. But he was trying to connect with someone, and it it kind of is the whole metaphor for the movie. Him trying to connect to something and being told no. That's just the whole movie right there. Like Joker, uh, Arthur, you want to connect with this? No. No, you're not going to. And that's such an underrated scene. And I also like the fact that they have a, when he gives him a card, I've seen that in real life where somebody would be disruptive or seemingly disruptive and they would give me a card saying, hey, I have a disorder that makes me do this and that. Right. And I, and I thought, that's a nice touch. I felt like little details like that. And Todd Phillips, I think he deserved the nomination for this one more than like Martin Scorsese. And this is kind of like a Martin Scorsese it's funny. Todd Phillips did Martin Scorsese better this year than Martin what? Scorsese did. <laughs> okay, and one more thing about it, though. The ambiguous ending. Is he Batman's brother, or is he not Batman's brother? I want to say that he probably... Are we going to find out later? Is there going to be another movie? I hope there's a Joker, too, but I think... I, I would say that maybe he is Batman's brother. I'm not sure. I think what Matt... I think, in a way, it's part of his delusion to connect himself to Batman... Because in the Batman comics, Joker always has like this obsession with Batman. So for him to think of himself as his bar- brother <coughs> would be another layer to it. But I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I think <laughs> he really is Batman's brother. Could be. It could be. But here's another. Here's the next nominee. Little Women producer Amy Pascal. You're obsessed with Little Women. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're obsessed with this one and the other one, Parasite. <laughs> well, we might as well get those okay. two out of the way. Yes, Let's get yes Let's Little get... Women is Oscar worthy. Would you watch it again? Probably not. Did you like the other versions more? No, I like this version pretty well. But I've, 
I'm old. I've been watching it since I was a kid. I've been reading the book since I was a kid. So it's kind of like it's it, it's at this point where it's like, so the flashback. It's just a comfort movie to me, right? Right. That's true. That's true. And what about like the flashbacks? You know how they go back and forth. Like, did you think that was an interesting take on it? I do, and I actually kind of like the way that they did that. It, I I think that wouldn't that took the story in a better direction for movies right. because when you read the book, it's very like every chapter is like one instance, one, another instance, another thing, another thing. And it, it almost doesn't even have a story. It's almost like little stories within the life of these women. And so for me, like little women, what this time they really perfected it for the movies. Cause the only other one I really enjoyed from the little women adaptations was like the 94 one. The one with Winona Ryder. I like that one more than the Katherine Hepburn version and the, you know, the version with Elizabeth Taylor, but. Well, okay. It's like you told me the other day, and this is your line, not mine, that they made Amy more likable. Yeah. I, and they did. And that was the one thing is that, like, Amy and Beth had more personality here than in the other ones. Because in the other ones, they always like, hey, so, Jill. <laughs> but the other ones, like, there's, there's all, hardly any real, like, I would argue there's hardly any real personality for the other ones, but. It's it's nice to finally see this version, and I think if anything, this is a version that our generation of girls needs. I think I think so too, and like the feminists won't like that I say this. I like it from the feminist side because it shows that Joe can be a writer. She can do anything she wants just because she's a girl. She doesn't have to be held back. But on the flip side of that coin, it shows that it doesn't have to be exclusionary. She can also find love. She doesn't have to. I was going to take men out of her life just because she wants to be. No, you're right, you're right. Something more. And as a feminist, did you ever feel like the movie kind of sidelining this? You know how in the book she falls in love with the professor? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like they sidelined it for a good reason? Or do, did you did you miss that storyline in this version? A little bit. Like, because when you watch like the 94 movie, they because each version they, they make it out to be like the big love story. Right. But, but they always make it seem like that's the end. Like, yep, that's all she, that's all that mattered. But for her to get her book done and for her to like um, and uh, for her to uh, get married, it felt nice. But it was always about her book. And I think it was always about her book. Right. But it shows that you can do both. You know, she got to achieve her career goal and get married. They don't have to be exclusionary. That's true. And one thing is that, for example, Beth, I like the fact that they get out of the way that she's sick. As opposed to like the books where they don't give her a personality in the movies, and then they do like she's gonna die anyway. Yeah, and in this case, they go out of the way to say, "Okay, she's sick," and but you know, it isn't just her only personality trait. And one of the things I would say too, on behalf of people who are doubtful about Little Women, I know some people think Little Women's one way, but like I t- we took a friend named Dakota, and he liked it just fine, even though you can tell that wasn't his type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I think um, I think everybody should see it. No, I agree too. But how many stars would you give Little Women? I would give Little Women four stars. I do too. Not my favorite, but still it gets four stars. I was also going to say, um, I don't think it's going to win. I, you don't think it's going to win either? Uh, probably not. Probably not. And then I'm going to have to watch you cry, but I'm going to bring a lot of tissues. <laughs> but here, let's do let's do the next one before the break. Uh, marriage Story. <laughs> I love that one. You <laughs> I stop. But I was gonna say, like, Little Women was uh, not Little Women. Um, Marriage Story. See, I want to talk about Little Women instead. I'm just gonna say, Marriage Story. It. You said it was like Kramer versus Kramer 2.0 almost. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and yes, it's still relevant. 
because when you get a divorce, men still do get the shaft. It is true. And also the movie does also show you the other side, which is that women still have to present very saintly in divorce proceedings, like during that scene with Laura Dern. Right. So it, it showed both sides. But it was very honest about how like men do get the shaft in divorce. But it's also right. like I mean, and you can be empathetic to both because it also says, you know, you need to be communicating with your partner. If she would have been telling him all along, if she would have made a stand before, then maybe it wouldn't have got to the point where they had to get a divorce. True. But she just, you know. But I was gonna say you snored. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, did you did you <laughs> I was gonna say, did you did you find it to be a little boring? Because some because my parents thought it was just okay. Like my parents Yeah, it was just okay. My parents who are both they're not divorced from each other, but they're both divorcees that got married. And my and I told them, "What'd you think? Did you think that was powerful? Did you uh, was that powerful for you?" And they're like, "It was good. I mean, it's uh, all right. that's what they all say." And then yeah, like, I mean, and I'm a divorced person, and yeah, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know anything about it, yeah, sure. Then you see the woman needs to communicate what she's thinking, uh, and the guy is going to get the shaft <laughs> in the divorce unless he can do something about that. What'd you think about the fight scene? been there done that <laughs> it's kind of like at this point it's like if once you live it i guess it's not as exciting or as like thrilling because like a lot of people love that scene and and i think it's well acted but i can see how like if you've been there and done that it's like not the... I, you know what i did like i liked where they wrote the letters about what they really loved about each other that was pretty honest that was pretty cool and i wish like a lot of divorced people would do that though like i, I wish a lot of divorced people would take would do something like that because like it would really does open up how somebody love how they love each other you know exactly and that's what they have to remember but instead they just keep like she did she kept all her resentments inside until boom it was too late true but real quick oscar worthy no no how many stars maybe two and a half (laughs) i would say four but um i think it's oscar worthy it's one of my favorite movies from last year but i don't think it's gonna win do you think it's gonna win i don't think it's gonna win no um will you watch it again no. <laughs> the see Netflix is like And I'm sorry because I loved Adam Driver in that movie. But Yeah, and I think Joe Joaquin Phoenix just to get that away should win over him. Totally. You know, yeah. But hey, stay tuned. We're gonna stick around and finish up our last three movies if we can. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite here on the special Oscar worthy edition with me, Brian, and Misty Woo-hoo! on Flicks and Picks. Stay tuned. When you want to know what happened and why and what's next in the Coachella Valley, come here. iHub Radio, the local news talk authority. This is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Now here's Brian Mendoza. Hello, welcome back. We're just going to jump into it because we got one more, <laughs> we got one more segment, uh, one more segment. So let's just get into it. 1917. I really liked it. I did too. Um, I, that was the first one we saw together. It, it really, it was from it was. what I, from How what did I, you feel about all the sepia tone? It fit. I mean, I thought it would look like, I imagine that's how war looks like to people. Like you kind of remember it one way. And also, like, the fact that it's about World War One, 
instead of World War II, it's like, it's pretty neat because like usually all these movies are about like Nazis, let's defeat the Germans. Well, it was about defeating the Germans, but you know, it was like, let's defeat the Germans for a different reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. And one of the, and overall, like I thought 1917 was a solid movie, but I don't want it to win. I think people, it's most likely going to win, which is kind of like disappointing in my opinion, but because I don't think it says anything all that new about war. I think it's just a great movie to look at and it's visually stunning. But I don't know if I would say and and the two characters I loved and when one of them spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert again. You have weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like like when one of them passes away in the movie, the one that played um uh the nice Lannister in Game of Thrones. <laughs> the the Truman Lannister in Game of Thrones, when he was in this movie when he dies, I was like, okay, I was invested. Even though... I was invested. I was like, oh, no. I didn't want him to die. And when he, and it, it was kind of cool how he just left him there because it is true. When you when people do die in war, you kind of just have to move on, you know? That's just the sad thing about it. I see too many movies about war where the people sit there and like spend 20 minutes monologuing about something while they're dying. And I'm like... And he didn't have time for that. No, he had a no. deadline. He had to get where he needed to be. No, and, and that's the thing about that movie is that... It was pretty cool, and it, and it just had a lot of good acting in it, even from people who only had like a few scenes. And the one shot thing was really neat. But overall, like, I think I would watch it again. I just, I just think that there's a lot of like, I just think there were better movies in this category that deserve to win over 1917. Personally, that's how I would say it. I think it was Oscar worthy. I think so too. Um, how many stars did you give it? I would give it probably three. Three and a half. I would say four. I thought it was really good. I just, I just, I, I kind of feel disillusioned with it because I feel like there should be better movies that are going to win. And so 1917, nobody expected it to be a front runner. And now it is. It's like, okay, well, I thought it, I, I would be more happy to root for it if it was underrated. But now that it's like the supposed of maybe the winner, right? So it's like, okay, well, I guess. I guess I have to root you against gotta you. You got to go find some other underdog. Uh, yeah, I got to find some <laughs> little women. <laughs> oh, my God, you're obsessed. Okay, oh. I, I, about 1917, though, you know what I'm secretly hoping? What? That he went back and found the girl with the baby. Oh, yeah, me and too. And they lived a life together. Uh, fanfics. <laughs> Fanfiction right there. Fanfiction. Would you watch 1917 again? I probably would. Yeah, I would watch it like on a like Veterans Day if they aired it on Veterans Day, which probably will. I'd like, probably just watch it because I have grandsons. I'd probably watch it with them. True. I think your grandkids would probably like it. It's something because I think it, because it connects a lot to young boys. That's what I think. It felt like it was speaking to me. Like it, tell, it was telling me like, you know, live your life because all these people died for you and all that. And I think that was something really powerful because you take things for granted if you're not. Because I didn't get to live because I turned 20. I'm 25. So for me, it's like I finally revealed my age on this show. What? I'm 25. So like I'm already past the age where they can't recruit me anymore. So. I kind of take for granted what the young kids have to do in this movie. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but let's actually move on because we only got a little bit okay, left. Go. But Hurry. once once upon Hurry. a time Hurry. in Hollywood. <laughs> that was my least favorite of all, actually. And I had the highest hopes for it. <laughs> and the thing, I, 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 that movie grew on me the second time I watched it. The first time I really loved it. But the second time I was like, I really, I get it. I finally get Did it. Did you? Because it seemed kind of pointless to me my mom was telling me that at, at first it felt pointless and someone want my mom and my dad told me it felt like it was a punching line like 
that the whole movie was pretty much pointless except for the Charles Manson part. Exactly. Was there any plot before that? Not really. I can see that. I can see that because like it was kind of like a nice day in the life of Hollywood characters, but only one of them was alive though. Like um, Sharon Tate was the only one that was real. So I guess like from that angle, the Sharon Tate stuff almost felt like it was secondary because she doesn't get to defeat the Manson family. It was Luna. It was Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt should win Best Supporting Actor. Is all I'm saying. Exactly, and normally I'm not even a big Brad Pitt fan. Way more Leo fan. Oh. I will watch Leo take out the trash, <laughs> cut some grass, whatever. I'm there for it. Fight a bear. But fight a bear. <laughs> but in this movie, he was so whiny and annoying. I was just like, uh, get out of here. Give me some Brad Pitt now. <laughs> and the way Brad Pitt talked to his dog, that was my favorite. That was that's you and your dog. That is me and my dog. <laughs> I was gonna, and if you, I honestly, I'm afraid if the Charles Manson family ever interacted with you, that would you be, <laughs> that would be the two of you. <laughs> what do you think of the Sharon Tate parts, like the true crime aspect of it? Did you feel like that was fascinating? Uh, no, because I was like, what the f is happening here? None of this happened in real life. <laughs> I was actually really happy to see the Charles Manson family defeated. I don't know. With I get, a happy ending. I guess it's a, that didn't happen. <laughs> But I don't know. I get I get some joy out of it because I love Sharon Tate. So for her to be alive and the Charles Manson, at least in the movies, is fine. You know, it's a nice fantasy. You know, and my dad and my mom were like, "Wait a minute, what? Wait a minute." My dad thought it was a. Char- my dad told me I thought this was Sharon Tate biopic, and I'm like, "Dad, uh, do you know Sharon Tate doesn't talk in this movie? You should picked up on it." <laughs> right. I thought it was going to be more about her too, but it wasn't. So. Stars? How many stars? Two. I was going to say, I would say four for me, but I was going to say Oscar worthy. No. And um, (laughs) finally, sorry. would you watch it again? Probably not. Real quick, Parasite. What about Parasite? Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by Parasite. I uh, Parasite's my other favorite movie of the year, along with Little Women. I just love how Parasite is just so much to take in and so much to talk about it, like social commentary. I wish we could have given it more time on this show because we're about to run out of time. But no, no, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> but like, I thought it was going to be flesh-eating bacteria, <laughs> parasite type. I didn't know it was social parasites. (laughs) Social parasites. It's just a lot to take in. And did you know HBO is making a miniseries out of this? I did not. And I'm like, I'm going to side-eye this. I'm I'm going to see where this goes. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. But I do think that director should win. Oh, yeah. Everything felt very, like, perfectly and precise. Like, every scene felt like it went somewhere important. It never felt useless. That's what I would say. Right. And what did you think about the acting? Uh, I think the acting was good because I did not like any of those people. And I probably wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Me neither. I think the women in it are so good. Like the, the They are. And I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I would say, would you watch it again? Yes. I think so. It's one of those movies where you have to watch it again to really get it. And then um, how many stars? Four. Four. And, would you, and I guess you did say it was Oscar worthy. It is Oscar worthy. Okay. So which one do you want to win of all these films? Well, I would like for Jojo Rabbit to win, but I feel like Parasite should probably win. Uh, I would say Parasite and Little Women should be tied for me, but honestly, Parasite Parasite should win if it has to be between the two. Parasite should win because it would be the first international movie right. to win. I feel like it should, but it might not just because of that. True. But thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Flicks and Picks. We'll see you next week when we talk about the Oscar results. Thank you.